Alrighty then, we are live with the free e-course on biblical mental health. Hi, I'm your host, Pastor David. Welcome, everybody. Uh, so glad. Um, just one, one favor I ask is that you share. You share this with everybody. You know, you invite people to watch. If they can't watch now, that's fine. Uh, they can watch the replay. Just share this across your social media platforms, wherever you're watching from. Uh, whatever social media platforms you use, that's all I ask, right? And leave a thumbs up, all right? The more interactions with the video, the more comments, the more questions that come in, then the analytics uh, across social media will recommend this. And my hope is that uh, this will obviously equip all of the saints, all right? Um, so that's right. This is the, um uh, bring this up, free. This is a free e-course, all right? I've, I said time and again, I endeavor to keep all of my content absolutely 100% free, and I absolutely mean it, all right? It uh, may not be free for me to do, but I still endeavor to keep it free for you because I don't want to uh, provide any hindrance to anybody receiving things from the kingdom of God. Okay, so, sorry, like I said, um, this is, yes, a... I guess you could call it an e-course of Restored to Life Church. This is the church here in Corpus Christi, Texas, a house church that I pastor. Um, so, yeah, this is what it's all about. So this is not Restoring Your Voice, in case you're wondering. But I will upload this to the Restoring Your Voice audio podcast uh, after this. Um, so this is, like I said, a biblical e-course. I think this is uh, extremely important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, I'll get more into my story later on about why it's such a burden. I've been burdened uh, to do this, to see other saints walk in mental health, walk in biblical. I don't even use the term perfect mental health. So let's lay out some things about this e-course then. Um, what this e-course is and is not because why we need to lay out the foundations, right? What can you expect, all right? What can you not expect? Uh, what are we going to delve into? What are we going to dive into? Um, always, it's very important to lay out um, the foundation for anything like this. Um, so this course is Bible-centric mental health, right? What does that mean? That means this is coming solely from a biblical worldview because as believers, as Christians, we must hold a worldview um, by what the Bible says. The Bible should shape our thoughts, our thinking, our every facet of life, how we view everything, right? How we view ourselves and especially in this context, how we view mental health because the world will tell you one thing, right? And obviously what the world says is going to be antithesis to what the Bible says, to what God says. So this, the written word, the Bible is literally God speaking to you and to me and to everyone to, to get across what he wants us to know, what he needs us to know. And believe it or not, the Bible covers in-depth mental health. All right. And we'll get into that. Um, what else is you will expect a roadmap, right? Cause it's one thing to, to tell you, Hey, the Bible talks about mental health, right? But I'm going to attempt my best 
to provide you a roadmap. In other words, a way along your journey in this Christian walk, right? A journey to either achieve biblical mental health or a roadmap to also navigate for when the hard times do hit in life and how you can still walk even in the most difficult of times in a biblical mental health. In other words, how do you navigate? What is the danger area, right? In other words, this is the road. Don't take exit 34, right? Or don't take that that left turn at Albuquerque because it's going to lead you into a place that you don't want to go and a place that you don't need to go, right? There that are there are danger areas, right? Um, if you were to travel in say South Africa, right, they would have signs along the road: "Watch out, danger, hijacking area, pay attention." All right, and that's what this roadmap is also about. So, so to to rehash. To recap, the roadmap is about uh, leading you to biblical mental health or leading you through life to, to maintain biblical mental health, but also so that you can lead others along the way. It's one thing for God to set us free, but it's another thing and a greater thing even for us to help set others free to present this truth. All right. So what else? This is a not from a worldly clinical view. What, what do I mean by a, a worldly clinical viewpoint? All right. Because like I said, the world says one thing, the Bible says another, and they are opposites, right? Um, and oh, by the way, let me pause and say, uh, there will be a time for questions. You can put them now, but make sure that you type in all caps question so that I know you're asking a question and it's not just a comment. Um, it'll, it'll help me get to your question much faster when it's time for questions. But you can you can type them now, by the way. You can type in your questions at, at any point during this e-course during session one. Um, but this is not, all right? I, ha I have experience on the clinical side coming from uh, with the world in, the, in a clinical way trying to help me with PTSD. Right. But I didn't hear the truth. I only heard what the world said. Right. Which is obviously I can't be free. Right? I, I have to stay in this way. But that's not what the Bible says. And I'll get into that when I when I give you my testimony further on. But but we're just laying out the foundation right now. All right. So what can you expect? All right. We can expect God's SOP on this matter. Right. We, we I keep I keep harping on. What does God say in the Bible, right? So this is military terminology since I'm former military, so acronyms abound. So God's standard operating procedure about our mental health. What does his word say about the Christian, right? We'll get into that tomorrow more about that to walk in biblical mental health, you have to be a Christian. You have to be saved, in other words. OK, but we're going to say, what does God say? How do we operate day to day? What does God have to say when troubles come our way? How are we supposed to navigate? What, what are some of um, the um, tactics we can use? Right. And this is coming from a pastoral heart. Right? I'm a pastor. Right. And I'm, and I'm here not to preach at you. I'm not here to bash anybody over the head. I'm certainly not here to 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 shame or guilt or condemn anybody for any reason whatsoever. I'm simply doing my best to try to help you. 
That's where I'm coming from. Okay, this is not a sermon. I'm not preaching at people. It may sound that way, but I promise you that's what it's not, okay? And it's and a prophetic heart, right? What does that mean? What is a prophetic heart? What is God saying? What does God want to say to you, okay? Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to, I'm going to do my best to present what does what is God's heart? Because that's really what being prophetic is all about, right? It's not necessarily uh, fortune telling, if you will, or or foretelling, um, though foretelling is part of the prophetic. But it's it's more about what is on God's heart, right? And and the person who is prophetic, in other words, who is a prophet or walks in the gift of prophecy, how can they tell others what God wants us to hear in our day right now? And that's gonna, that's all I'm going to attempt to do here. All right. Also, terminology. All right. Terminology plays a very important role. A, a very important role. Believe it or not. Right. I'm not here trying to put some woke stuff out there, but with terminology. Right. What we say is very important. Right. We know the Bible says this. Um, in James about the tongue, you know, being a fire. Right. And and that it cannot be bridled. Or life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? The Bible goes on and on how important our words actually are, right? And science will back it up, by the way, that 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 often, you know, what we say, we have to um, affects the way we think. And and I don't know about you, but I found myself having to speak certain ways to convince my brain. Okay, I think we've all been there, right? Like, no, 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 stop it. You can do this. Don't doubt. Whatever. Um, so we're not going to use the term mental illness, uh, mental illness. All right. We're not going to use that term at all in this e-course, just putting it out there. We're going to use the term mental ill health. Now, why is that important? Because when, when the term illness is applied, then automatically the thought process is that the mental is just the same as the physical and they are completely separate things. Now the, the, the mental can adversely affect the physical in other words if we think negative thoughts all the time we we hate people right we don't forgive people or things like that right yes it adversely affects and really and releases toxins into our body so but mental is not the same as physical right the bible gives promises like i said we'll, we'll get into more of that tomorrow so you have to be here tomorrow for that um, many, many promises about us walking in the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, and so on, right? Even and, and these were writers, these who, who wrote these things were, were, were suffering under intense persecution, right? Paul, who writes about this um, in Philippians chapter four, he, he was he suffered, you just read the list of what he suffered, and yet he still goes on to talk about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and all of that. So clearly the Bible talks about mental health and physical health being two separate entities, right? We know that, for instance, uh, Timothy suffered from stomach ailment, right? But there's nothing recorded where Timothy also suffered from a mental health. And, and we, we, by the way, we'll get into more of that tomorrow, but I just want to say that just because uh, somebody in the Bible is a certain way, doesn't mean that it's okay. Just let me say that. Okay. So what else? Um, today you're going to hear my personal story, my testimony. What did God do for me? Is all of this true? Or is this 
a lie. Does God really heal? Can he really set us free? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly what God did for me. Not only that, so I've already listed some scriptures. So the scriptures are going to back up my story. My story is going to back up what the scriptures say as well. Uh, so you're going to hear that today. Um, like I said, uh, TTPs, you're going to hear tactics, techniques, and procedure to live a life of biblical mental health. So not only am I going to give you what God says, not only am I going to provide you the roadmap, but I'm going to provide you the ways that you are that you are going to be able to navigate through this difficult season called life, right? Until we get to heaven, life is difficult, all right? Life is not easy. It was never meant to be that way. In fact, we're, we're going we're gonna to go through suffering. Suffering is normal for the Christian, by the way. All right? So, suffering is uh, absolutely normal. Um, so don't doubt that, please. Um, but, but what do we do in the midst of suffering? Right? What do we do when hard things come our way? How, how can we prepare ourselves ahead of time? How can, in, in other words, how can we prepare ourselves to be resilient and even be more resilient because we we can let's be honest with each other to include me we can all better ourselves in resiliency in other words the ability to bounce back from a from a difficult situation we'll, we'll just call it that okay so i hope that this right here lays out the foundation like i said if you have questions you can put them in the comments section okay at the end i will get to them there'll be a slide that pops up and says questions so that's, that's when I'll answer them. But if you have a question in the meantime, just type the word question in all caps and then type in your question and I'll be more than happy to uh, answer it. Okay, so now this is it. My journey from PTSD to freedom. Okay, I promise you, I would, you, you we would get to this. And so there's a picture of me in Iraq in uh, 2008. Um, but I probably more from mental ill health to mental health. So where does my story begin? Well, first of all, like I said, I'm Pastor David. I served 20 years in the Army. Deployed to combat in Iraq three times. Wounded on my third time in August of 2008. Suffering from um, a brain injury after that due to a roadside bomb. Um, but that's not where my story with mental health actually begins. My story with mental health actually begins further back in my childhood. Okay, I was born um, in, into a family in Waterbury, Connecticut. But my father, however, was not the bastion of mental health and quite the opposite. My, my father, in fact, um, had been diagnosed already with bipolar. And believe me, my father was probably a walking, talking textbook of bipolar, right? Uh, one minute, it could be calm. Everything's going great. You could even be a very joyful man, no doubt. But at the flip of a switch, he could be the angriest person and most abusive person you've ever known in your lifetime. And and this is what I was raised with. This is, I, I thought, being, to be a man, right, meant to be angry. To be a man meant that you didn't mess with me or else, right? And I'm not going to tell you what else means, but my father was also a medium and he would hold seances and such. Um, so there's that. 
Um, but that that's that's my story. Um, uh, what else? Well, yeah, that's the way I grew up, and my father was an extremely abusive man. He was a, he was a abusive with his um, tongue. Um, he would threaten us. He would threaten my mother. He was extremely physically abusive. Um, he we would get beaten for the slightest infraction. Um, he was reading the newspaper, and we were too loud. Right then, he would beat us. He was trying to fill a job application. And then he would blame us for not being able to fill out the job application because we weren't quiet as mice. Um, and, and the list goes on and on. Go stand in the corner for an hour. That was a punishment. Um, things like that. So we didn't know what was going to set my dad off. We just know that he was going to be set off. And it wasn't going to take a whole lot. right? And, and eventually all of that led to my mom finally divorcing him. Um, and I won't tell you the exact reasons why. Um, that's a that's a private matter. But nonetheless, it happened. And then I, after that, entered the mental health system for the first time at the tender age of 13. All right. I entered into first a mental hospital for about a month. And then what I and I came out because I played the game. I knew the game. If I acted such and such a way. And I said all the right things and I agreed to all the right things and I just played a game and I got released, right? Well, it wasn't long after that, that eventually I went into long-term mental health system, um, navig uh, putting, uh, being taken away from my family, um, ending up in another mental hospital, eventually to end up in a group home uh, for troubled boys in Connecticut. And so I was there for quite a while. Um, I think it was started at 14 and I was there for two years until I was 16. Um, and I was finally, um, out of there in my south at the la last part of my sophomore year of high school and it didn't help. Okay. I was still an angry person. Okay. I was, you know, that, that's, that's, that was my viewpoint. I didn't even, I didn't even know there was anything wrong with that. How about that? Okay, so now fast forward to 18 years of age, and I joined the Army in January of 1996. In fact, January 9th, to be precise. So I go into the Army, right? Not too many problems from there other than doing young and stupid things. But then fast forward to 2003, April to be exact, when and I deployed for the first time to Iraq. Um, and, of course, things got crazy from there i experienced numerous times of getting shot at and shooting back numerous roadside bombs countless times of getting mortared and rocket attacks um and all of that and god saved me through all of them you know that's the point is not to focus on that and then we that was then 12 months later we were supposed to go home and they extended us and that's when the real trouble began now, not that we hadn't lost any soldiers before then we had. But then came April 29th, 2004. Yes, I remember the date exactly. Um, to be, what, from this time was what, a little over 18 years ago. And a roadside, and a car bomb blew up to pieces, literally. Eight of my friends, eight of my comrades in arms, eight of my brothers in arms. And I had to help one escort them back. I had, to, I had to take off their remains, the body pieces, 
um, and help take them into mortuary affairs. And then my sergeant major chose me, young Sergeant E5 McGuire, to go into mortuary affairs and stand there the entire time that the mortuary affairs team had to go through their remains to search for ammunition and other things. And so that was, I would have to say, up to this day and everything I went through after that, the worst moment of my entire life. I'd never seen anything close to it, and I've never seen anything close to it since. Literally, people I knew, people I worked with, people I had friendships with were now nothing more than bits and pieces. And it stayed with me. And I couldn't, in fact, right after that began, um, I couldn't sleep. I had to, while downrange, while in Iraq, I had to take sleeping medication because I could no longer sleep. And I and I came back home after uh, in July of 2004. And I was not healthy at all. And I couldn't sleep. I was moody. Um, I tried more sleep medication, tried an antidepressant, finally gave up on it, and then deployed for the second time at the end of 2006. And we deployed to Ramadi, Iraq. Now, if you know anything about Ramadi, Iraq at that time, to call it the wild, wild west of Iraq would be a very would be quite the understatement. It was extremely dangerous, and we just continued to lose more soldiers, more experiences of, sh of getting shot at, getting shooting back, more experiences, roadside bombs, mortars, you name it. So now I come back from that one, right? And now it's time, fast forward to April of 2008, where now we deploy for the third time to Iraq. And it was uh, during that time when I was the non-commissioned officer in charge of a military transi transition team. We were responsible for um, training Iraqi army soldiers. And so, and so, quite a time. And then we had to do a 30-day clearance operation to prepare the area for the Iraqi army to take over. It was a very bad area. I think in, during a 30-day operation, 54 of our vehicles were blown up. In other words, a part of the, not, not, not the MIT team, but the brigade, 54 vehicles blown up. Well, it just so happened that that was my vehicle, one of those vehicles I was in. Um, that day I had decided to tell my guys, you've been doing good. I'm going to get in the gun turret on the 50 caliber machine gun in the truck. We went out to resupply a position and our vehicle hit a bomb. All right. I got thrown up, thrown back down, uh, while I was in a gun turret. And why, why is that important to state? Because a brain injury on top of PTSD is extremely bad combination because oftentimes the symptoms of a brain injury and the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder overlap quite a bit actually so that's why i'm highlighting about the brain injury i then received okay so now three deployments later um a brain injury other physical problems bad neck bad back headaches actually migraines i should say more problems sleeping, and I come back, and I come back. 
Now, I, thank God I had a, a very good neurologist. I still remember her name, Dr. Scully, or Major Scully, I should say, who said, hey, you should see about getting yourself some help. Of course, back then, I was all macho. You know, by then, I was a senior non-commissioned officer, Sergeant First Class C7. No way, I don't need help. What are you talking about? So, we, so she said, okay, well, just think about it. We have this program here at Landstuhl Medical Regional Medical Center in Germany that, that has a program. And I was, that's where I was stationed at, in Germany at the time. And I didn't think I needed it. Well, then I started having flashbacks. In other words, I was awake and I started reliving moments from Iraq. And once that started happening, I knew I had to get help. And so I went into an eight-week program called the Evolution Program at Lashtul Regional Medical Center. Um, not sure if they're still doing it today, but that's where I went. Now, it was good, all right? It provided a lot of ways to talk about what I went through, to get out what I went through, things like that. But I still left the program not really much better from when I entered the program because it had been done a worldly way. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to discount the people there. They had wonderful hearts. The therapist I saw, wonderful person, but it was done in a worldly way, right? And so now, fast forward through life, um, and things got ended up uh, progressively worse for me. I went to a, a special unit for wounded soldiers for a time being. But then once I got, which is very easy, so it was not a whole lot of stress then. But when I got, when, when, when I went back into the regular army, right, after I had my neck surgery and all of that, then everything kicked back up. Now I had realized the only, all, all that I had been doing up to that point in time was ignoring the symptoms and ignoring I had a problem and suppressing it. And so it boiled over and exploded. And I became a terror to my family in so many different ways. And if I gave you the details, they would shock you. Uh, one second here. Let me put this block user. There we go. There we go. Okay. Should be good. Sorry about that. So, what happened? So that's what happened. Um, oh, during that time, by the way, I also became addicted to pornography as a way to try and cope with PTSD. Right. So now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in all sorts of trouble. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm very badly. I'm, I'm in a very, very bad way up to this point in life. Um, <clears throat> but God, right. This is my story. I said. To freedom, right? So far, you've heard my journey through mental health issues. So far, you've heard things from a worldly way. And I'll tell you the three things I heard from the world summed up <clears throat> about my mental health. All right. I, I would always have it. Or it was normal. Sorry. I would always have it. And I would have to learn how to cope with it. All right. Let me, let me say that again. It was normal. I would always have it and I would just have to learn how to cope with it. Now, so that was it. Now, that's what I heard. I never heard the truth. Could I be free? And then up to this point in time, I would attend church 
and I never heard from a single church that I could be free. Not one time, I kid you not. In all the different churches I, was, I, I went to, I never once heard that I could be free. How sad is that? And this is why I'm doing this today. For you, till you can know that. So anyway, now we fast forward, right? Life went crazy, lost our house, car repossessed, and a tiny apartment. Praise God for that. Why? Because it was then when, when I had nothing left but to depend on God, but to reach out to him. He reached out to me, right? He, I know he impressed upon me that, that this PTSD was never his plan for my life. That, that I had reached a glass ceiling that needed to be broken through. And I had no idea what that meant until that is God brought it about. And I don't remember the, the, the details why, how, but found out about a, a, a woman called Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf. And found out about her, found out she was starting a book club with this book called The Perfect You. I know it sounds cheesy, but phenomenal book. All right. The Perfect You. All right. If you want to write that down, The Perfect You, Dr. Caroline Leaf, L-E-A-F, like leaf on a tree. Um, and I went for it. I started reading this book. Only to come to find out, wait a minute here, I could be free? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Taking psychiatric medication was not beneficial? It actually hurt me more than it helped me? It was just a bandage covering up a wound that festered? Wait a minute here. How come I never heard any of this? And the book is backed up by science and the Bible going hand in hand. So yes, there are times that Bible that the Bible and science complement one another. So I heard this. And I was like, wow. And then the Holy Spirit opened my understanding. See, up to that point, I had no understanding that I could be free. I thought, that, I thought that was my life up to that point. This is the way I was always going to be. And finally, after going to this book, book club, finally opening up the scriptures for real this time, for the first time in my life, opening them up. And... In January 2019, sitting in a red recliner in that tiny apartment, I was I knew I had I was done with it all. And I told this is what I told God. Are you ready for it? I told God, are you listening? I told God, Jesus, I am done listening to the world. I only want to listen to you from now on. That's what I told him. And in that instant, I was set free from all PTSD symptoms. Every single one. You're like, are you sure? Sleeplessness, done. And I knew I had been set free. And I no longer needed, needed the medication. And I didn't quite have a strong faith, you could say. But so I went to my psychiatric, uh, my psychiatrist. I told him I wanted off my medication. He asked why. I told him exactly what happened. He looked at me like I was crazy. But I was absolutely 100% positive about what just happened. So my psychiatrist told me, hey, this is what we'll do. We're going to wean you down. Right? We're gonna, I'm going to, here's your new dosage. We'll come back in three months and we'll see how well you're doing. 
I went home and I kid you not, I threw all my psychiatric medication away. Now, why why is that such a miracle? Because in the natural, you can ask any medical professional this, by the way, that psychiatric medication, you cannot just stop cold turkey. Otherwise, it will have adversely, uh, very strong adverse effects on you. All right, you'll have crazy withdrawals. It's not going to be a good time. But I did. And I and I had to take those psychiatric medications, by the way, because I it turned out I no longer was sleeping unless I took psychiatric medication. I literally would not sleep. Kid you not. I could stay up for 24 hours, be fine to go. And I did. Through away. Ever since then, I've slept perfectly fine. Right? Just experiencing any other, no different sleep issues than everybody across the world ever experiences. Right? So I slept just fine. One of the one of the one of the psychiatric medications I took was to try and prevent nightmares. That's right. I said the word try because it didn't work very well. And it kept having to be increased. And no more nightmares. Right? No more nightmares. Praise the Lord. So covered now. <clears throat> I can sleep just fine. No more nightmares. Right? No more. Would that I have to stand with my back to a wall? Or have my back to a wall? <clears throat> right? I could sit down in the middle of a restaurant just fine. I was no longer ready to explode at the drop of a hat. <clears throat> I was no longer constantly hyper vigilant. In other words, I just looking for trouble. Where's trouble here? There's trouble there. Oh my. Uh, no longer was I driving like an idiot, right? Oh, this person made me angry while I'm driving, so I'm going to cut them off or I'm going to slam on my brakes, right? Or, or in another way where I would look for signs of a roadside bomb in the road when I drove I know all that went away <clears throat> every 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 bit of it and to this day even though the medical document documentation is there even though the medical documentation says that I was on three medications Seroquel being one of them 200 milligrams um, I don't remember the exact names of the other ones even though it's there even even though the date is there when the last time I refilled them, last time this medication was filled, <clears throat> right? Still to this day, a lot of doctors do not believe it's true. Yet I tell you with all assurity, with all honesty, <clears throat> like I said, you can, as medically documented, it's absolutely true. God set me free in an instant. And I tell people, I'm not the exception. In other words, there's nothing exceptional about me that made this happen. I wasn't super special. I didn't have some super mojo or whatever or whatever else it is. No, it's God. It's the power of God to set men free. And that is absolute 1,000% truth. I lived it. I've been on both sides. I know what it means to be a completely changed and trans transformed person by the power of God. In other words, transformed from one way of thinking mentally right to a complete different way of thinking mentally like well was there a gradual change no there was not now of course there's there's always being perfected and molded into the image of christ every single day of my life absolutely 
But that, that's across the board for any Christian. That, that goes across the board for any believer whatsoever. What I'm talking about is, is, is going from extreme combat-related PTSD, even being depressed. There were, there were days I would not get out of bed because I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't think it was worth getting out of bed. Yet, now, it's a joy for me to get out of bed, even when I'm in pain. And, and let me pause and say right now, so you say, this is my story. All right, what about when life hits difficult? You know, that life is currently, I, it may not look like it or sound like it, but it's very difficult for me right now, for instance. my my, I'm actually in excruciating pain right now. It's only by the grace of God and the power of God that I'm able to do this. And I knew I had to do this e-course and nothing was going to stop me right my back is so bad that i have to have surgery on it in two weeks time frame all right if if there's time to feel like fire in my right thigh but god right i could be a mean and nasty person about i could lose my temper but god this is the power of god to set us free and for us to walk in mental perfect biblical mental health now, are, does that mean we're, we're never, we're never going to feel extra sad? Does it mean grieving is bad? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is what the Bible has to say, and I just gave you what God did for me. And what God did for me, he can do for anybody who chooses to believe. Right? This is not of lack of faith. This is not talking about physical healing. I'm talking about the way we think. That is exactly what I'm talking about. And that is all that I'm talking about. So I, I thank you all for, for sticking with me this long. I've seen people pop in. I've seen people uh, pop out. I even see one person watching from my website. So praise God or actually what, or maybe they may be watching on Twitch. But like I said, that is my story. And um, so now is your time. Questions, right? Any questions you have about this? Maybe, maybe questions um, where I wasn't specific enough. In my own journey from PTSD, maybe you want to know, well, could it truly be the same for you? Well, no shame, no guilt and condemnation with with asking questions, right? This is not what this is about. This is not about trying to shame you because you're not like me. Now, I did see a couple comments. Um, Let's see. Casey, you says here, I feel your pain and know how you feel. I've walked in the same shoes and boots. Praise God. Praise God for it. Praise God. Well, brother, let me let me let you know what God did for me. Now, I don't I don't know the details of your life. I, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know the details of your life. But I'm going to encourage you. All right, stick with the e-course. Um, today, uh, tomorrow, and Saturday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start laying things out. It's going to build upon one another. Um, and it's going to be very, this e-course is beneficial for anybody anyways. No matter where you're at in your life, no matter what type of, how, how do I put this, um, mental health status you are, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, even, even as I go through life, I'm trying to learn more about what I need to do in various aspects to help other people. But I know that God equipped me specifically in this area of biblical mental health. I, this is something 
that ever since January 2019, I've been sure of, right? Maybe I haven't always been so eloquent, maybe not so studied up. I, I'm, I could have been better at the way I presented, right? People say it's not um, what you say, but how you say. And so I hopefully I've gotten better at that. But yeah, absolutely no shame for anybody. Absolutely not. Um, like I said, what God did. So stick around for more. Um, let me see. If you want a sneak preview of tomorrow, um, I know that I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember to to read off because this will be on audio podcast platform uh, later on. But there it is. There's a sneak preview. Right, God's SOP for our biblical mental health is standard operating procedure. So, biblical worldview on mental health. Why is that important? What does Scripture say about it? Right, I, I said I touched on it briefly um, in the beginning, but what does Scripture have to say? So, anyway, go back up. Um, so, just putting this together, I'll, I'll put the finishing touches on the rest of the slides. But thank you all so much appreciate it. If you don't have any questions, um, then, then we'll end session one of this free e-course. However, if you have further questions, maybe you didn't ask it now and you came up with it later on, like, wait, 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 I should have asked the question. Reach out to me. Or maybe you're watching the replay. You couldn't watch it live. Maybe you're listening to this by audio podcast, right? Reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. Or if you have a question that I can answer by email, and so be it. But if you will, if you want to talk, like literally talk, we I can make that happen. All right, very easy, too easy. We we can we can talk by Facebook Messenger. We can talk by phone. We can talk by video conference. Reach out to me. All right, I'm here to help you. All right, you may may maybe maybe you feel like you're stuck. You don't have anybody else to reach out to. I'm telling you right here, reach out to me. All right. Contact them. You can contact me through various ways. All of my information is out there. I don't hide any of it. Right. My address is out there. Um, um, my Google phone number is out there. My email is out there. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be as accessible as I can be to help you out. So please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Actually, you can contact me through the website, davidcmaguire.org, davidcmaguire.org. Or you can con or you can email me. My email is available on, on Facebook, on YouTube, um, as well. Um, and I think my phone number should be on my Facebook at the very least. Um, I don't know if I put it on the website, um, but and, and at the very least, you can go to my official Facebook page, where you're probably watching this from. David C. McGuire. My phone number is there. Why is the phone number there? Like I said, so that you can give me a call if you need to, or if you just want somebody to, somebody to talk to, you want somebody to share something with, whatever. I'm telling you, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me end with this. All right. If you're feeling suicidal, there is the national suicide hotline. You can also call me. All right. Don't hesitate. Don't go there. Please reach out, reach out to me. I would do my best to help you. All right. And, and I can help, believe me, I, I am great at pointing out people and giving them resources as well. All right. This is, this is like bread and butter things I did for 20 years in the army. I still carried over, it carries over to what I do today to provide resources for you and say, well, what if I live in Podunk, Nebraska 
And I'm like, here, I've never been to Nebraska, but guess what? I can research. And guess what? I can look things up for you. Guess what? I can help you out. Don't matter. It doesn't matter where you live. All right. I'm here for you. All right. We can, we can do this. So let's do this together. Anyways, thank you all for watching um, this. I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm humbled. And don't forget, be here tomorrow for session number two. So if there's no questions, I'm just trying to talk and give people an opportunity to ask any questions they may have thus far. Like I said, if you don't, then if you think of some later, reach out to me. Okay. Email me, contact me through the website, contact me by phone number. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do this. I'm here for you anyway. All right. Then since there's no questions coming in, then we'll end this session one of this free e-course on biblical mental health. Be blessed, everybody.